Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this episode that we dare to do. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get to it, um, a small announcement or like well, not a teaser, I guess. Because we technically did investigate. Investigate on base. And we're not done yet investigating on base. Uh, based talking about Camp Lejeune. So there will be a Camp Lejeune Part 2, or Haunted Camp Lejeune, which is just talking about all the things we did. And I can let you know right now, that first night there, more shit than we dealt with in an entire year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, I, like, me personally, I've never been, like, you know, we go to Patsy's Pond and stuff like that. And yes, there's, like, stories and stuff like that. But the amount of stories we were told, the amount of left-hand energy, as Isaac would call it, like actual spirits that People. came yeah. up to us, I've I've never felt that much at once. Like the only other place that I could think that might, I don't, I, I don't even know, because I've never been to like a major battlefield like Gettysburg, mm-hmm. but I would feel like that would probably be one of those spots or whatever. But it was a lot. Yes, from taking down demons, from finding a water elemental. It's just, yeah, I'm teasing a lot. So <laughs> look forward to Camp Lejeune Part 2 within uh, probably November. Yeah, we'll probably do it in November because uh, we got to go back because we went there with actually hard, just our phones. No equipment, yeah. just phones. And we, I mean, I... I have not been that drained from an investigation in a long time. And my arm is fucking sore. Yeah, it yeah. was. No, um, it still has a lot. We still have a lot of work to do uh, on base because it seems a very untapped market of investigation. So um, a lot more stuff to come and definitely have like a whole haunted update slash can't lose you part two episode. So look forward to that in the near future. But. On to today's episode, because there's a lot for today. Now, out of all cryptids and cryptozoology and everything known, there's always about, what, four that I think everyone always talks about, right? Mothman, Chupacabra, Loch Ness Monster, and Bigfoot, which who we're talking about today. Now, I understood Bigfoot was a big deal, as... You know, anyone thinks aliens are paranormal is. But I didn't realize how big of a deal Bigfoot is because when I looked up other podcasts to listen to them on their perspectives on Bigfoot, there are podcasts dedicated only to Bigfoot. Strictly Bigfoot podcasts. Like, we're paranormal, but we have all range of subjects we talk about. No, no, no. These podcasts are strictly all about Bigfoot. And there are, like, hundreds of them. Like, damn. Granted, I never can't put too much scent too much effort into figuring out Bigfoot and stuff like that. Most of my time has been taken up with the paranormal, right? Same mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big... Someone's going to be like, oh, she is not. Like, a... Well, I guess I am a big... Like, no, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, like, certain cryptids interest me a lot. Um, Like Wendigo, Skinwalkers, like those types. That's yeah, more of an American legend. No, it's, it's considered... They consider a cryptid? It's yeah. considered a cryptid, yeah. Those kind of intrigue me because it kind of like blurs with 
the uh, paranormal side a little bit. Um, and some people have actually encountered some of those things at, at least the spirit of them or whatever, at locations. And so those kind of interest me, but I don't know. And then and the idea of running into, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not. Do I think they exist? Oh, yeah. I think there's some stuff out there that exists. Just like aliens. But, like, I've experienced weird, like alien stuff now so but i have to give these guys a shout out because out of all the bigfoot podcasts i listen to right which are a lot i just to get to gain some amount of research and stuff uh the best that i heard is the uh, bigfoot collectors club um they are very real well researched very entertaining they remind me of the belief hole three guys mm-hmm. um and how they with the stuff they talk about and how they talk about it but um they're the ones I guess I get the most information from. What I didn't know is that the history of Bigfoot goes on before the idea of the Bigfoot. Now, I always thought Bigfoot's other names, nicknames, or other names from parts of the world were like Sasquatch and Yeti and, and, and the Abominable Snowman. Yes, it's true. But the term Bigfoot didn't even exist until 1958. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about beginning. Right, the earliest recordings of what a Bigfoot was or Sasquatch um, was technically called wild men, right? Men who abandoned all humanity and lived in the woods and grew hair over their bodies and stuff like that. Uh, that there's legends of wild men in all parts of the world. There's actually a, a legend of a story with Gilgamesh. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Gilgamesh is a story. Uh, Gilgamesh, uh, one of his sons, uh, had a partner who was a wild man, kind of like Chewie. To Han Solo, right? And uh, they did went on adventures together. Eventually, because uh, they were enemies first, and then became friends, and then they basically did adventures together about a wild man. So there's a, even a story is earliest in the um, Babylonian uh, histories about a wild man or Bigfoot, as we know him today. So that goes back a long ways. But in early in the 1800s, around in America, when settlers started coming around, they started encountering wild men. Or the Sasquatch and stuff like that. But uh, Sasquatch actually comes from our friends in Unknown Unknown Paranormal. (laughs) I don't know. For a second, I thought for... No, sorry. Our friends Mike and Christy in Unknown Paranormal in Canada is where the terminology Sasquatch comes from. And that's because uh, that term first was used by a uh, a Native American woman because of the, the area that they were seen, the wild people, the tribe of wild men, uh, some mountain Sasquatchkin or something like that, and that term Sasquatch came from them because it was technically, according to the natives around there, that these wild men, right, were a tribe of Native Americans, these Sasquatch, right, mm. and they were always seen as like a spirit uh, or like a, a forest spirit of the woods, right? Which I have a theory about that when we talk about the first encounters of Bigfoot. No, uh, early 1800s and stuff like that, people would see them. And majority of encounters with Bigfoot, majority, I'm not saying all of them, but majority of the more well-documented encounters with Bigfoot, which we're probably talking about in part two, all the encounters anyway, because this is just all part one is the history of. Uh, the encounters, uh, majority of the encounters with Bigfoot has been like the Bigfoot running away from the person or trying to avoid public eye, right? Never attacking people directly. 
never like viciously kidnapping or attacking or hurting anyone or trying to kill anyone. It's always trying to avoid human contact. Um, but there was a uh, one of the they call them uh, they call the, uh, the the when I was looking up like who started the whole legends of Bigfoot and started writing down the histories of and had the most encounters with it was actually four guys who were called the four horsemen of Bigfoot. Yes, right, which who are. Because I know we had to get these guys right to make any Bigfoot podcaster or any Bigfoot enthusiasts, you know, trust us that we know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so they are Grover Krantz, Peter Brine, John Green, and Renee the Hinden. The Hinden. Yeah. Yes. Those four guys kind of started out the whole thing. What's interesting about Renee the Hinden, he actually heard the stories of the Yeti and the Abominable Snowman in the Himalayas and Tibet in that area, which tells you that this creature or species of human, if you want to call them a species, uh, have been worldwide. Legends in England and UK with knights and stuff like that in the early times. Uh, of course, in the Himalayas, Australia, different parts of the world have their own legends of a Yeti or a Bigfoot-type creature, mm-hmm. a large, wild, hairy man, as they called them. And it's, I think it's interesting, too, because you, you can even, in, like, North America, some of the most haunted hotspots have Bigfoot sightings or hairy man sightings or Bigfoot-like creatures. Yeah. Bridgewater Triangle had it. So, I don't know. I find that interesting, too. But John Green, in the earliest times of recording histories of uh, the Sasquatch in B.C. area, which Vancouver, which... Mike and Christy from Unknown Paranormal Live. I had a conversation with him uh, talking about it. It's like, you know, the whole legend of Sasquatch came from your neck of the woods. He goes, yeah, there's a Sasquatch hotel in, in Vancouver. What? I know. I was like, what? It's like, like, it just is Sasquatch themed. It's aimed towards the woods so people can see if there's a, you know, a Sasquatch in the woods or something. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So John Green, who is from the BC area in Vancouver, had bought a uh, a, a newspaper company newspaper standard they did they, they, they distributed news mm-hmm. in that area and because he was a journalist and before you know in his early stages of sasquatch he always thought it was kind of like a weird legend and stuff like that but he started finding more evidence finding footprints finding uh different things and his first one he ever encountered uh had four toes right not mm-hmm. five like us right it had four and had almost a claw kind of short claw nail like almost like a bear but the claw was too short bear bears footprints had that long claw that you can know it's a bear but these were shorter almost like a human and the heel almost matched humans as too but it was far too big and in the early newspapers in the late 1800s stuff like that were stories of like a a, a bigfoot kid like a little foot a little bigfoot right yeah. a child and that was in the early late the early 1900s, late 1800s, when they was in the newspaper, like, "Oh my God, uh, uh, like the uh, 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 a hairy, a hairy wild child out there and stuff like that." The whole legend of it and stuff that happened. Mm. But the whole terminology of the term Bigfoot didn't come until later in until 1958. Mm-hmm. But before we start getting there, yeah. So going back to kind of like historical accounts of Bigfoot, so. There was actually uh, apparently one of the earliest uh, like encounters aside from like native tribes 
between yeah between B- explorers and bigfoot like creatures occurred in 986 AD when Lufferson and his men sailed to North America. Uh, the Vikings returned returned home with tales of encounters of huge monsters described as horribly ugly, swarthy, and with great black eyes. And then going forward, so like Isaac said, Native American tribes have legends and stories and encounter stuff um, about Bigfoot-like creatures. Solish natives of British Columbia called it Sasquatch, like Isaac said. And then other tribes, such as the Algonquin and Oh, I don't want to butcher this. Um, but Algonquin had their own names and beliefs about similar creatures. Theodore Roosevelt also expressed his belief in the existence of a creature such as Bigfoot. Um, in his book, The Wilderness Hunter, he retold a tale involving a creature. He were, he called it a Wendigo, but he described it as what bigfoot looks like because he described it as a large two-legged wild beast with a particular sinister sound and then apparently uh you know what yeah before you go on there's um a story i heard from mm-hmm. that same book uh where it's not his encounter mm-hmm. but this is what led him to want to start looking for stuff probably would led to his encounter but he was told a story about another hunter survivor of a hunt hunter uh who was a uh, beaver trapper and they were in northern canada northern canada Northern Vancouver area, the BC mm-hmm. area, Northern BC area, yeah. where they're trapping beavers and stuff like for the furs. And him and his partner, these two trappers, were uh, up there like that, and they heard stories and legends and stuff like that. But what happened is that uh, one of the the guys waited for his friend, the other trapper, to go collect the rest of their their, their skins and stuff like that. They they gathered, which are at a different location, but also where the horses were as well. So of course he went to go get those and was coming back. When he left his friend and when he came back, he found his friend mutilated. Oh, my Beyond gosh. recognition, right? And his parts were ripped off and stuff like that. And by the footprints in the, the ground were done by big, giant, like, human-looking feet with four uh, toes. Look like claw things and a big heel and stuff like that. Like, the, the Sasquatch has always seen. What was interesting, though, there was a big bite mark in the guy's neck that uh, had, like, four, like, teeth, right? Kind of mm-hmm. like a gorilla. It's how they have, like, the top canines in the bottom canine like that which made him think there was some kind of goblin creature or something but that's what led to his like fascination of what is out here because of course okay. roosevelt was like a hunter and he wanted to know what's out there as well yeah um also this actually kind of has a little bit of a tie to you so apparently oklahoma has a long history of reported bigfoot activity particularly in the southwest corner around mccurtain county in the Chital Nation. Historical yeah. accounts from the area include encounters with Bigfoot-like creature known as the Man Beast or the ha- Hatak Lusachito in Chital <laughs> Legend. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, I apologize. But, um, I have 10% of them in me. I don't know the language. <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought that was interesting when I came across that because you are Chital native. Well, small percent, but yeah. Small percent, but yeah. But you just reminded me of something too. Uh, with the wild men stuff mm-hmm. in the early, like, late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, P.T. Barnum and Bailey, right? Circus guy. He actually supposedly told that he captured a wild man and had him on display. Mm. He called, what is this? Was with the name of the, the attraction. What is this? Or what is it? Right? Um, which essentially was just a guy dressed up in a hairy costume to act like a, 
a creature. And the terminology they used back then to describe someone who was insane or who they basically starved and drugged to make them perceived insane. Like they would torture this individual to the point where it made them insane and lash out at people. Oh, it's a creature. And they kept them caged up. They beat them. They starved them. They put them on drugs and stuff like that. They called these mm. people geeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a terminology. When you had a geek, right? Uh, there was a movie um, with uh, Bradley Cooper. And I can't remember the name, name of it. Uh, the movie Nightmare Alley, where he plays like a guy who wants a wannabe hypnotist psychic, and it's a whole, it's a whole like a, it's a, it's a con, right? Yeah. And he goes from like being like like having extreme wealth because of it, uh, starting at the circus and seeing a guy who was a geek, and then finally, after basically ruining himself and losing all his money, he actually starts becoming a a geek himself. Mm. Yeah, because he feels like he needs to be punished or something. Well, one really quick interesting thing. Did you know that apparently uh, there's been more than 100 Bigfoot sightings in North Carolina? We're in the goddamn woods a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it is. No, I know. It ranks 17. According to BetOhio.com, North Carolina ranks 17th among, amongst the lower 48 states in uh, Bigfoot sightings. But apparently they have been on the rise uh, recently. There's been 107 reported sightings of Bigfoot, according to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. The most recent one occurred in Orange County on July 1st. And, yeah. But, uh, Montgomery County, do you know the five most likely states to spot a Bigfoot in? Washington, California, Florida, Ohio, and Illinois is what it's ranked. And I'm sure probably every different place has, or every different site has their own kind of, but that's what they figured. Now, the whole terminology of Bigfoot, like I said, didn't happen until 1958, August of 1958. Um, Up in near Eureka, California, or uh, was it Willow Creek? Yeah, Willow Creek. At that time, in the nineteen fifties or the early nineteen fifties, throughout majority nineteen sixties, mm-hmm. um, lumber was a major production because everyone was building homes, and that was the beginning of the cul-de-sac in the suburbs, right? Because all these people started coming, all these new homes had to be built after the baby boom, right? After everyone after World War Two, so being a lumberjack was a high demand business because people were building a lot of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of the lumber that we were getting was coming from the Pacific Northwest, Northern California, Oregon, Canada, all that area. So of course that area being where Sasquatch was only seen a majority of time seen all the, all the time. Um, what happened uh, in, like I said, in uh, Monday, August 27, 1958, Jerry crew was the guy who encountered it. What happened is that he left for work and in Willow Creek, where they were, uh, the logging site was happening, he was getting into his bulldozer, because uh, it was his job, and he noticed these big uh, prints in the ground. He goes, what the hell is that? He gets that, looks at it, and he sees like a giant footprint, and all of them moving around. And what he noticed is that the footprints led to areas of their construction where uh, all their equipment was vandalized. Oh, shoot. Stuff was moved around. Stuff was actually thrown. Like a uh, 150 pound gallon of, of, of oil they used to flu- fuel the, the machinery mm-hmm. was thrown in a crevasse 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 tomato, you, tomato excuse me 
Uh, what did, what is it called? Crevasse. Crevasse. <laughs> Crevasse. What is the word supposed to be? Crevasse. Crevice. You call it whatever you want. Crevice. <laughs> it's called crevasse. <laughs> yes, it is. There is no way. Yes. Crevice. Okay. Is that what you? <laughs> I've heard in. Uh-huh. T- sorry, intelligent people uh-huh. call it crevasse. I've heard everyone else say crevice, right? <laughs> so oh, man. I'm, I'm going to call it by what they say it is. But I'm going to look that up. I'm going to no. say crevice. No, no. Because it almost sounds like... Crevasse. Instead of saying target, saying target. Like <laughs> the crevasse. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Okay. So now, originally, he thought that because this part of, it was part of the uh, the Wallace Lumbering Company, right? He originally thought that it was like another lumber uh, lumberjacks in the area playing a prank on him, throwing stuff around, right? Because mm-hmm. that was known to happen because they didn't really do anything. They would tell tales to each other of stuff going on in the woods, try to scare each other. But the fact that he saw these giant prints and the fact that they would go bulldoze over it, and next day. New fresh prints and new vandalism oh as gosh. it was trying to stop them from continuing to lumber, right? And that's where the whole, like, eco-terrorist thing comes in. Like, Bigfoot was trying to stop them from destroying his home. That's where the theory came, why he was attacking them, where Bigfoot was attacking their uh, stuff specifically. Yeah, because if you look back, even on the Native Tribe legends and stuff like that, there's hardly any saying that, like, Bigfoot is malicious, in a sense. That it's... Because I know a lot of the native tribes, they believe that Bigfoot is actually like a spiritual being. Like there, it's a physical being, but it's because it it crosses consciousness between a human being and animal that it's you know looked at as being oh wow look at that thing kind of. I mean, now the Native American tribes in the area at Eureka, California, or the surviving ones, because apparently they were slaughtered, massacred where they were. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of them left. The Hopa tribe had their own legends of the wild men, hairy men, the wild hairy men in the area. So there was already legends of Sasquatch or Bigfoot in the area from the Native Americans that were there. And after I heard the legend of the Hopa tribe and it happened in Eureka, kind of want to go there. Yeah. Because I guarantee there's some dark energy that needs to be removed. Yeah, probably. Side note. Anyway, just thought I remember mentioned that to you because I remembered when I talked about that. But so the stories of the Bigfoot, right, started going out and uh, collecting more media attention. Granted, media attention at this time was like newspapers and stuff like that. Maybe a segment on the news like, oh, my gosh, uh, there's a reports of a Bigfoot in, in uh, Eureka, California. You know, that kind of stuff going on. But it got the attention of other people including John Green, who, of course, started writing the original reports of Sasquatch. And he was like, oh, they got something going on down there. Let me see what's going on. And Rene Duit wanted to go with him. And so they both went to each other because Rene's whole story is that he wanted to learn about the Yeti. So he wanted to travel all the way to Himalayas. But he heard stories that, hey, we got them in Canada. They're called Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. So that's why he met with John Green. They became associates. Mm -hmm. But... The other two guys, I'm not 100% sure how they fit in the pictures and stuff like that. Then you have the histories on them? Yeah, so... So wait, say Renee's last name? Dehenan? 
Dahinen. Dahinen. Yeah. I don't know why I did to it. I like um, French. So Peter Bry, uh, he participated in numerous expeditions and investigations. Uh, he went into remote areas specifically for evidence. He was in notable expeditions, including the famous 1972 expedition to the Himalayas in search of the Yeti. Grover Krantz was an anthropologist and professor who dedicated much of his career to the study of Bigfoot. Him in particular, he was known for his scientific approach and theories regarding the existence and origin of Bigfoot. He had developed strong theories about Bigfoot's prehistoric origins and believed that it could be a surviving species of early hominid. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he was one in particular that faced a lot of ridicule at first, but was very for- firm in believing that Bigfoot existed. Now, um, there was a where the legend starts continuing with Bigfoot and stuff like that. So you got all the news reports going on with uh, the Bigfoot legend going on in Northern, Northern California with uh, Willow Creek and Bluff Creek, I think the areas were where the majority of stuff was happening, where they were finding the footprints and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, it caught the attention of a lot of people, but specifically, it caught the attention of a rich uh, millionaire, um, an oil tycoon in Texas, who was like an eccentric millionaire. Well, he would have been a billionaire these, these times, but like he spent his money on ridiculous things, like a child with an endless, endless amount of credit. So he, he consistently did weird stuff and always held like weird things to do and he never really knew what he was going on, right? Because he was an oil man, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's my terrible Sounds like Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I'm an oil man. Yeah, anyway. Um, but he got that guy's attention because he learned about Yeti and, Ham- and, and the Himalayas. He wanted to go there, but hey, there's something hell of a lot closer I can just you know easily get to. So he put an expedition together, the North... The Pacific Northwest expedition to find like evidence on Bigfoot, and he had John Green, he had Renee, he had two other people too with him. I can't remember their names right now, um, but because uh, the billionaire named Mister uh, named Tom Slick, which mm-hmm. is a perfect name for a guy who owns oil, Tom Slick, yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't know what the hell he was doing, and it was a big old clusterfuck because. Before they even got started, they, they were meeting at the hotel that's outside of Willow Creek, and they were meeting in the downstairs area, and they were talking about what they're going to do, and uh, they couldn't agree on what to do. Like, Tom Slick wanted to hunt the Bigfoot and kill and capture it, so he hired hunters to go with him, oh, who were no. actually really con men, and they just took his money. Oh, and geez. actually, ever hunting, right? John Green and Renee just wanted to research a thing. But Tom was like, no, I want to have like uh, dogs and hunters out there too. It's like, you're going to scare away the, the Bigfoot before you get a chance to look at it. So it didn't really amount to anything. And after two years of collecting any kind of evidence, which they did, which is that plaster molding of the of the Bigfoot that was in the ground, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the footprint, other evidence like hair and other stuff they could have found, all that Tom Slick took back, took with him back to Texas. And when he died, and no one ever saw the evidence ever again, disappeared. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so there's that. And funny enough, you know where it is. You know where Tom Slick, lit, where he died, hmm. his house is, where all that stuff is, hmm. San Antonio. What? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? He's all in San Antonio. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if his family still owns it or he gave it away or what's going. I don't know. Dang. Yeah, but what we know as 
um, the famous footage, right? Now, all the pieces of stuff that we're giving you right now, all the well, things we're talking about, there is major in-depth research and stories talking about what we're talking about right now, but we're not going to go in-depth with it because we're not a Bigfoot podcast. We're not going to spend a whole year talking about it. So if you want to know more about Bigfoot or you're a Bigfoot fan, maybe there's tons of podcasts out there. I, I suggest the Bigfoot Collectors Club, but... Um, if you're going, I was like, why are you going through it so fast? It's like, cause there's a lot of stuff and we've still got more things to talk about in this episode alone. So, but the other high point of the history of Bigfoot really got it out there was people wanted to see this thing. We need physical proof. We need a body or we need this. We need to go buy footprints and people's stories because people have stories how they saw Bigfoot and there's been plenty of counters we're going to talk about in part two, but people wanted to see it. And luckily there was a guy named um, Roger Patterson and another dude named um, Robert Gilly Gillum mm-hmm. Gillum Gilly Gimlin sorry Gimlin who were trying to make a documentary slash movie about Bigfoot right and this is the 1960s they were doing this like 1962 yeah. I think be sure yeah 1960s uh, early 1960s but that's where the famous footage of the Bigfoot. Now, everyone's seen the footage I'm talking about. Everyone's seen mm-hmm. Patterson uh, Gimlin film um, is where they were riding the horses across the area in the Pacific Northwest, and the horses got spooked and they fell off the horses because they got scared. And he picked up his camera and actually shot it with 1960s like reeling kind of style camera of a Bigfoot walking away from them like looking back walking away and even that that old school footage where it's like he's the bigfoot's all like black haired and he sees face and he's kind of looking back like he's walking away and people say oh that's so fake oh that's like this right and what sucks about it is that there are people out there as much as like and i didn't know this until i started like researching about bigfoot and stuff like that as much as there are charlatans in the psychic community, in the paranormal world, who just fake stuff to get famous, same stuff in Bigfoot. Yeah. But it, what's even worse is that they're not faked. They're just saying it was to get the credibility that it was, right? Yeah. Like, there was a guy, uh, Ray Wallace, who said that he faked the Bigfoot prints that happened in Bluff Creek that, that they found in Northern California, mm-hmm. that he used these wooden... Uh, cut out feet that he was use it. He'd slip his like on shoes, like like slippers, and walk in the dirt with. How they debunked that his lie essentially is that the pressure, the how deep the uh the weight of the footprint was, he would have to weigh over a hundred, sorry, over eight hundred pounds. Wow! To put the pressure in the ground, that's how they measured it. Uh, so obviously he didn't do it. But he said he did. Oh, I, I faked it. It was me. I created the whole Bigfoot thing. There was no Bigfoots before. Even though there's legends of Sasquatch and the Wild Men go back in literally 1800s, even before then. So, mm-hmm. But he was saying, oh, it's all fake by me. Or really, it wasn't. Uh, same for the Gimli thing. That's what the whole, like, oh, it's a guy in a suit. All right? They used, there was a, uh, a Bigfoot show, amongst many, that happened. Uh, but they used a uh, IR laser or laser targeting Tar- sorry, laser targeted uh, measurements. And they measured from where the footage shot. They used the same place. They went to the same exact place where they found the, the footage originally shot. 
They measured the exact pinpoint of where Bigfoot walked by measuring the trees and other places like that. And the figure was over like 6'3", 6'4". And the way it walked and stuff like that had a giant stride. So they suspected that this was a female Bigfoot because it was smaller. As male Bigfoot are over 7 to 8 feet tall. Yeah. But that was the original footage. And so far, the most compelling footage, except for the stuff we're catching this year, what, last month? Mm-hmm. That Colorado footage of that thing sitting in the woods. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah. Which look, it's camouflaging into the grass. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was the most compelling footage ever shot. Was that one back down in the 60s by, the, by Patterson and Gimli. Gimlin. 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 Sorry. <laughs> I know I think Gimli. I think Gimli because of Lord of the Rings. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that was the essential history of Bigfoot to a certain point. Now, there have been other legends and stories and stuff like that. But that those stories from the Sasquatch and then from the Bigfoot craze that happened in Northern California created the entire idea of it. Now, why there's so much evidence around Bigfoot and stuff like that? Why is there so much people care so much about it? Is the same reason... Why there's so many UFO enthusiasts? Why there's so many paranormal researchers? Right? It's because when mainstream science or even the government cover up something that thousands beyond thousands, even millions of people know is a hundred percent true, it's up to society to volunteer to research for them. Right? If they refuse to do it, we're gonna do it. I know this stuff is real. I've seen it. So that's why I have so many people involved in the Bigfoot community. Majority of them want to see it, and others already have. Same goes for us in the paranormal community. We know this stuff is real, hence why we research it on our own. Same goes for people in the UFO. I saw aliens. I saw this. Why that? So they want, and the government consists of covering up, which they make them uh, coming forth to say, oh, yeah, they're real. They're called UAPs, right? Leads more into the fact that there's a reason why there's so many UFO enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. But that, I, that, terminology that that thinking it's like okay that makes more sense with why so many people are involved with bigfoot now yeah. uh there's crazier theories about bigfoot right now we can talk a little history now we'll talk about the crazy theories yeah i'm oh, sorry not not crazy theories but there are a lot of theories about what bigfoot is right and more of an educated mind always call it calls him the north the undiscovered north american ape Mm-hmm. But you said it's related to something. So one of the things now this is an ex or, or it's gone down as an extinct uh, genius of an ape um, that existed two million years ago, and as recently as a hundred thousand years ago. So that doesn't really add up to the fact that we're still seeing Bigfoot. But if you look at this thing. It looks, that was one of the first things I researched when I went into Bigfoot. Like this was one of the first things that it talked about. And it is bigger, like literally they have a full grown man who looks like he's about like maybe 5'11", 5'11", six foot one maybe at the most. And he's at this creature because they did a um, like replica of what it, it looked like. Um, he's at his little, he's literally at the, the thing's nipple, um, or under, right under the armpit. His head is touching right under the armpit. So that just shows how big this thing was, but it was a, it was an ape that existed in Asia and it's called the 
Gig Antofitius. Custius. I'll spell it for you guys so if you guys want to like research it. It's G I G A N T O P I T H E C U S. Gig 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 Antofitius. I don't Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. But fossil records suggest that it was the largest known primate species that ever lived. So it could get up to nine feet tall, almost 10 feet tall. So that's how big it is. And, but the thing is, like most Bigfoot encounters, telling of the stories of Bigfoot, they always say the face is more human-like. This one clearly has an ape face. But then it also makes you think, okay, well, did something evolve from that species of ape and evolve into Bigfoot? Well, that's a theory that I always thought. And I always, I always hear the same thing with theories of Bigfoot. Is that how we evolved from the original Homo sapien species, right? And the cavemen and stuff like that. But our Homo erectus and Homo whatever that started out originally. There's someone laughing right now. Just yeah. those words Homo alone. Homo erectus. Oh. <laughs> That we started out as though and we evolved and became who we are now, the Homo sapiens and stuff like that. Um, there were we were discovering recent discoveries within the last couple of years that we had another species of origin-based humans on the planet, right? Uh, bipedal creatures like us who learn to stand up straight, use tools, all that. The theory is that the Bigfoot, the species of Sasquatch, right, the hairy men, they're wild men. Um, or another version of us that evolved from around the same sp- species of original humans. But they evolved a different way. They either became more uh, tribal and they sense like they hid from majority of the civilization and stuff like that. But there had to be some kind of conflict with original humanity that made them so wary of humans to begin with. Right? They avoid yeah. us at all costs. Anytime most people have encountered them, they run away, they walk away before they get anything happens. Um, a lot of them just avoid human humanity altogether, hence why you really ever find them. And that's yeah. why most people think they're not real. Oh, no one ever sees them. They're always, they're always, they're hidden. They, they can't be real. People just make up stories. But there's enough eyewitness accounts to say otherwise. Yeah. And enough research into it to say there's something out there. It's got to be something. Now, have we ever encountered it? No. No. And we're in the woods a lot. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I did see one. I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't take that and put it in your ring. No. But um, one of the craziest theories I heard, right, this is going to make you freak out. Uh-oh. <laughs> in Mist, Oregon, right, supposedly in the gas caves, cave system underneath Mist, Oregon, the mountain there, there's a big Bigfoot colony. Where they all live. Mm. But not just that. The military are in cahoots with the Bigfoot. Because Bigfoot, like I said, this is a crazy conspiracy theory. Anyway, but I just thought it was interesting. The Bigfoot is using gravomatic technology. What gives them the ability to shapeshift, i.e. into other animals... Because there's, there's stories about finding Bigfoot prints that are turning into deer prints. Mm. Like a... Like a... Skinwalker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had like a, a 
It also allows them to teleport, right? And uh, teleporting uh, around and using their mind as like oh, psychic powers and stuff like that. And also using camo. Hence why they, they can never really see them because they're always camouflaging themselves. And judging from the footage we saw in the Colorado video, hit camouflaging itself into the grass. I would say it's a little close to it. But when I heard that theory, I was like, what the hell? Um, gravel, gravelmatic technology and stuff like that, that they, the Bigfoot have technology, which if you think about it, maybe they are an alien species from another planet, but we see them as um, like, I don't know, primitive because they, they don't wear clothes. They have big, they're hairy and stuff like that. They don't speak a language or anything like that. And you hear them roar in the woods and stuff like that. Uh, but if they have technology to hide from us, which is the old theory people always talked about, like, oh, they're an alien species and they're using the technology. People think that they're, they're not, of uh, they think they're like, like primitive creatures or animals. Like they don't have any thoughts of their own. The thing is though, you never find they're dead. Oh, that is true. Right. People think they bury their dead, which is a sign of intelligence. Right. Other animals don't bury their deads. No animal on the planet bury their dead. They may leave the body above ground and cover it with leaves. Like mm-hmm. some some uh, apes do, but burying them in the ground? No, no one does that but us. Humanity does that, but you can't ever find a dead Bigfoot body, That's or even true. the bones of them. That's true. But if they bury their dead, how would you even know where a grave is? Yeah, they don't leave markers like we do. You can imagine if like alien species, like hundreds of years from now, after or like say thousands after humanity disappeared off the planet for some reason, they find all our graves. And they like, oh, they buried their dead. They put their, they can find our bones and stuff like that because we mark where the bodies are. Mm. But there was a story um, I read a long time ago, it was way before we even did the podcast, um, about this guy who he had an encounter. He lived in the woods. I want to say it was somewhere specific, like Pacific Northwest or like the very northern part of our the United States. But he, um, more towards the western part, though. But he was having all these Bigfoot encounters. Like, he was finding the tracks and and finding his uh, certain stuff on his, uh, like, little farm homestead thing. uh, Like, knocked around and stuff like that. And um, so he was, like, telling neighbors and stuff like that. And all of a sudden... He, the next day, he got an eviction notice and was told by the government, you got to leave your house. And he didn't understand why. So he ended up getting a cabin um, that was down the road and said, just in hopes of one day maybe going back to his home, right? So they fence, he goes back one day and and is looking and his uh, house is bulldozed, but there's a fence around it. Where basically he said it looked like the government was containing the area. And um, he theorized that it was they were containing. They found like an area of Bigfoots and they were containing the area. Now another theory I heard about Bigfoot is that they are a off-mutated species of the Nephilim. Because you talk about Nephilim created giants on Earth. Mm-hmm. Bigfoots are technically giant creatures that are human-esque. So if, let's say, the Nephilim didn't mate with human women, maybe they made it with a lower level species of humanity 
and created the Bigfoot. Mm. I, was, I don't know. That's I heard that legend of that theory, and I was like, eh. <laughs> it's possible, but that's you can start getting into a whole other field when thinking about that. But my personal theory, and every time I ever heard about the Bigfoot, I, I always I come with this theory when I talk to any Bigfoot enthusiast. I, I say, "Give me try this theory on for size." Is that? But the thing is, though, you have to believe another conspiracy theory to believe this conspiracy theory. So, uh, if you believe, or at least put any effort, uh, any um, care into the Anunnaki creating humanity, right? Let's say they created humanity. As most legends are saying and stuff like that, or alien enthusiasts say anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my th- my theory is, when they were first getting the batch right of humanity, right, us humans as we are today, they had a lot of failed uh, first attempts, which I always theorize that one of the f- failed first attempts in their eyes anyway was Bigfoot, right? They maybe they gave them some intelligence, they gave them like that, but for some reason they thought, nah, I don't like this, and they chunked it. Right, threw it out into the woods, hoping it would die, but it didn't. It survived, it thrived, and reproduced, and created more of its own kind. Yeah. Dang. But they they settled on us versus the Bigfoot, <laughs> which I was like, that's like that. But there's more scientific evidence saying that nah, it's more likely a a descendant of us, like how we descended from the original Homo sapien and the original bipedal uh, creatures that were on this planet, they probably evolved the same way, but a different way. But like I said, there had to be some kind of conflict or something happened, who knows how long ago, that make them wary of humans. So that means the Bigfoots know the intelligence and the stories passed down in their own culture saying, don't go near humans. Yeah. Stay away from them. That or there's the other conspiracy theory that they have ties to the government and the government protects them by not allowing certain people to go certain places. And also telling the Bigfoot, do not expose yourselves. Stay hidden, hunt at night, do whatever. Don't go out during the day, especially in open areas where humans usually go. So they might, that might happen too. But the truth about what they are and where they're from is still being researched to today. And most of all we have is theories of what, where, and who they are. Hmm. But we're going to talk a lot more about the encounters in part two, which is next week. Yes. But I thought we had an episode on that because we have some announcements to make. We are doing a live investigation, three hours, three locations. Um, Going to each. And these locations we've been to before. Mm-hmm. But the last time we were there was probably two years ago. Yeah. So, and then we were still kind of rookies into what we do now. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go and basically I think this is probably honestly going to be the last uh, time we go to any of those locations. I yeah. think it's going to be the final like as you keep putting it the kibosh or whatever. The final seal. Yeah. yeah. Or the final just because we've kind of over the last three years have been kind of drying those places out. So um, on to newer, bigger and badder locations, I should say. And we have been told uh-huh. about two locations, I'm not going to tell you now, that are top of our list now. Put it to you this way. <laughs> we were told a lot of stories yesterday in a good way. And it just amplifies the idea of when you're a paranormal researcher, right? And the first thing you do is you start researching, you know, like, 
places, right? Like over here, there's not a lot. You get the battleship, you know, in Wilmington, which it has a lot of residual stuff. It has a lot of, you know, stuff that will come through. Like if you want evidence, it'll come through over there, right? So, I mean, I've been to the battleship. How many times have you been? Like three or four? No, once. No, once. I went. I've been. Because it was like a field trip thing when I was a kid. I'm not from here. Yeah. (laughs) So, I've been like easily like five or six times. And yes, there's a heavy weight, but it's... Everybody goes there, right? Uh, Yeah. Like, I can't even think of anyone anymore except for like when you start going to the middle section of North Carolina and western part. But... That's why it's so important to get out and ask the people, the locals and the people around, because there are spots that I would never even, you can't even look up to find these stories. It's not recorded. And also to go onto Facebook forums and different forums because you never, you never know. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we have a lot more stuff in total for haunted updates. Yeah, that's good. It's going to be something. Um, to look forward to, but yes, Saturday live investigation, three hours, three locations, clearing them out. And, uh, we're going to have some, uh, guests with us, um, some, uh, tech people, uh, we'll introduce them when we do the live about everything, but we see how they, um, see how they handle with, they investigate with us. Yeah. So. But as always guys, you can get to our social medias at hitting the shadows podcast on Instagram, hitting the shot six on X, hitting the shadows podcast two on TikTok. Uh, our links to all our social media and all ways you can listen to us at hiddenshadowspodcast.com. Also, check out our new um, paranormal investigations team page. Yeah. Hidden the Shadows Paranormal uh, on Instagram and Hidden the Shadows Paranormal on most social media, right? Yes. Okay. Um, or just message us through there. If you have any paranormal encounters that you want to share with us or maybe need our help with certain uh, things you might be dealing with or investigation-wise. But, um, so look forward to Encounters with Bigfoot Part or uh, our Bigfoot episode Part 2, all the encounters uh, next week. Uh, And uh, as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yep. Song